Let's start out in a word of prayer. You can bow with me, I'll lead us in a word of prayer. Almighty God, thank you, first of all, for allowing us to wake up to another day. Thank you for allowing us to be here. God, thank you for letting us make it here safely. And we do pray for a great time tonight. Father, we also pray that you will be with Charles Simon, who had surgery today, that you will strengthen him and help him to recover quickly, uh, as well as being with Cynthia Hall, Father, who already had surgery, but we pray that you will be with her and her situation there, and as well as Kim Brown, who's recovering from surgery also, Father. We know that there's a lot of physical needs that may be out there, but again, you are the great physician, the God of all comfort, and we do pray that you will be with those needs. And help us even tonight as we focus on what we can do to even glorify and better our marriages for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so, can you hear me in the back? I heard I have a big mouth, so we don't know. Let's see. Kind of, oh, I heard that. So I just want to let you know kind of what we're going to do. We seem kind of scattered out, but that's all right. It's okay. So I'm going to go through a really short lesson for us here. Then I'm going to hand out a worksheet for you to have some discussion amongst yourselves. And then we're going to follow up with the second half of the lesson to kind of help us understand the worksheet. Let's see what I mean. So these times that we have here aren't going to be just coming to a lesson like we're sitting in church. It's going to be a time of learning some things, but then it's going to be some activity that's going to be involving and creating conversation and evaluations of what's going on and who we are, and then we'll have some more spiritual aspects to close it out. So that's kind of the focus for how we're going to do our time today. Again, I'm still trying to get to know everybody, so be patient with me if I don't know your name right off the bat. There's some people that constantly need something, so I know Phoenix pretty well. So, but I'm glad everybody's here. It's good to see you. And uh, uh, my wife is helping out with the kids. I know a couple of you guys asked. I'm still married. She is still here. Uh, she's just helping out in there. Uh, but we're going to get all this going well. Now, next Wednesday, we're going to have one specifically on parenting. And it's going to be in, in different areas. It's going to be different stages of parenting. So this is what we're going to do to have a monthly focus instead of just, you know, one time a year but have some consistency in what we're going to do. Now, I'm not going to, we're going to do these for 10 months, our marriage midweeks, because November, December, we're not going to have midweeks. You saw in the calendar that we passed out. But what we're going to do is I'm going to even have Larry Craig come over. He's going to do a class. We'll have Sam and Cynthia do a class. We're going to have some different people speaking. So it won't be me every single single marriage midweek, but we will have a focus on that. And so I just feel like it's good to get a variety of people because there's a variety of needs that are out there and uh, they can just come at it from different angles. Because uh, still trying to get to know people, the angle I may bring may be a whole different angle than where you're at. Be patient, but trust me, even if it doesn't apply now, you can help somebody else apply it to them somewhere along the line. So let's start out in Colossians chapter 3. I want to start out with probably... The most contra- one of the most controversial scriptures in the Bible. Uh, when you read it, people got a lot of questions on it, a lot of debate on it, a lot of feelings on it, a lot of heads moving back and forth when they talk about it. But hear all of it out, 
Because it's first going for the ladies, and then we're going for the men, and then we're going to kind of bring it all together. Colossians 3, verse 18 says, Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. Now, the smart thing is it wasn't a man that said amen in here. That was smart. All the men kept quiet. But people talk about this. You know, it says, Wives, submit to your husbands. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, wives, obey your husband. It says, children, obey your parents. Slaves, obey your masters. But it does not say, wife, obey your husband. It says, submit to your husband. There's a difference in submitting and being obedient in what's going on. Because it says in Ephesians 5.21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So it's not just the ladies all need to submit and just do what the man says, but it's both. She needs to submit to him, he needs to submit to her, not because of who they are, but because of who Christ is. That is the reason why. It's a similar thing to what Paul prays the believers for in Colossians 2, verse 5. He says, I delight to see how orderly you are. The Greek word submission literally means to arrange oneself under authority. That's what submission means, to arrange yourself under authority. And so Paul says this is about being organized in how we function. Even as a church, we need to have order in the church. If not, we will not function properly. So when a Christian woman is submitting to the Lord, and in her own husband, she will experience an incredible fulfillment. I have yet to see a woman not happy with a husband who is loving her and serving her and trying to be like Christ. It says in Ephesians 5, verse 19, Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Throughout the Bible, God says more about the quality of a husband's leadership then he says about a wife's submissiveness. It's all throughout the Bible. Now the word husband originally meant one who holds the house together. That's the original meaning of the word husband in the Hebrew language. One who holds the house together. As a husband, we are responsible for loving our wives and holding things together. Now that does not mean that the wife can't do certain things. Uh, I had a, it wasn't an argument, but it was a, a long spiritual discussion with a brother who just felt like he had to be in charge of all the finances of his house. In some cases, yes. But this lady was the CEO of an airline company. And that's what she did for a living. But he felt like he should be the one doing it. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. She's obviously better than you at this area. So what's best for your marriage is the one that needs to do it. And that needs to be our mindset. What is best for our marriage? It's not a matter of I'm over you, you're under me. It's a matter of we are together on this. So what is best for our marriage? Ephesians 5.25 tells us that we're to love our wives in the same way Christ loves the church. That means I need to love Lauren to the point of being willing to die for her. Amen. Now I say that right now, not because she's in the other world. 
But I say that because this is something I had to think about when she's asking me to take the trash out and I don't feel like getting up right now. Am I to say, yes, I'm willing to die for you, but I ain't willing to get up right now because it's uncomfortable. See, it's a difference in saying and knowing the scriptures and living the scriptures out. The last part of Colossians 3.19 challenges the husband not to be harsh with their wives. The phrase can also be translated, don't become embittered or resentful toward her. You know, this was something that we, we really had to learn to, I had to learn to go through. Because my wife was married before. And uh, when she, when we got married, she had like a bunch of dishes that she had from her first marriage. And I said, we're not keeping any of those dishes. And she's like, these are good china. I'm not getting rid of my good china. And I'm like, I ain't even have a place some other man ain't off of. No, that's not how it's going to work. I, know. I was wrong. <laughs> I'm just being real here for a moment. <laughs> but in our discussion, she, I had to understand and learn, you know what? She is a new creation in Christ. Because when she became a Christian, her husband said, if you don't stop going to this church and I'm going to divorce you, she said, I'm not leaving God, and he divorced you. Well, again, one man's loss is another man's gain. Yeah. And like I told her, you know what it says in the Bible, no matter what you give up, God gives you a hundred times as much. <laughs> so it's all worked out. It worked out. So point being, as we grow together, we, not, we don't just grow together age-wise, we grow together in character, in heart, and in who we are. What I want to do right now is, I have enough for probably everybody to have one. Um, can I get some help? I'm going to pass this up. Now what this is, I know you're going to look at it before everybody gets there, that's fine. But what we're handing out now, there was a book written by Pamela Hay, and she discusses five different kinds of barriers. And so, what I want you to do, we're not going to read this out loud, everybody, but I want you to read it. You and your spouse read it together, or you, if your spouse isn't here, you read it for yourself. But this is evaluating different types of marriages in society today. So I want you to look at it. This is not to start any kind of argument. So this is not an argument paper here. But I want you to have a real self-evaluation of what you feel like your marriage may be like. So, for example, Keziah and Cherry are going to read there. And then for them just to have a little quick discussion for about five minutes. Keziah can say, this is what I feel like our marriage is like. Cherry can say, this. you may not feel like it's the same kind of thing. But just read it through, and then we'll discuss. I don't have any You didn't find your, your marriage on there? That's fine. I'm not saying it's got to be on there. This is based off of a book. Maybe you have been at one of those places yes. a, a multiple times. It doesn't mean that's how your marriage is. It's just different stages that you can go through. Different things you can look at. I want to share this with you. Uh, regardless of where you may have found yourself or didn't find yourself on that seat, there's a few things I want to talk about here. Uh, in this regard, 
One is that a lot of times you may feel your marriage is at this place and your spouse feels like it's at a different place. Yeah. You know, there's most of the times that I have a conversation with somebody about their marriage, I usually say, how's it going, brother? And he'll say, I don't know, ask my wife. That's kind of normal, because a lot of times we're just not in touch with certain things. But a couple of key things I want to talk about. When I am weak, then I am strong. And what I mean by that, too, is that whoever thought of the soulmate idea, that's not really accurate. Because as far as a soulmate, we have to learn and grow to become partners in marriages. It's not just something you can look, that's my soulmate, we're meant to be together forever, at least for that year. But this is something we all need to grow in. My wife is not perfect. There's a lot of things she does that frustrate me. But I'm pretty sure I frustrate her a lot more than she frustrates me. And this is something that we've got to learn. We've got to grow with each other. Our first years of marriage, she basically was training me not to have locker room talk all the time. I mean, I would do things and act like I was still on the football team, in the locker room, saying things. And she was like, you know what? You cannot work me like a mule. You expect me to do all this and that. I mean, I had to learn to be sensitive to her. And the thing that I'm learning even now is I still need to treat her as if I was courting her, trying to get her to like me in the first place. And these are the kind of things that... Okay. Nina, <laughs> standing up, Felix, slam down. <laughs> But what I understand, a lot of people, even in the singles ministry, they have a weird perception of things. And a lot of marriage in the world, too, because one of my family members, he said, oh, I broke up with this girl because she snorted when she laughed. I'm like, what? <laughs> no, you laughed. <laughs> and so he broke up with her for that reason. I mean, that's just kind of the mindset some people have. There's little imperfections, so it's not going to work. Trust me, maybe God gave you that person who frustrates you so you can see how frustrating you are. See what you have to grow in. There's a reason why you're with the person you're with. And this is what we got to understand. It's according to God's plan. So there is something there that each of us... Now, I know I'm preaching to the choir. I know y'all know some of these things. But honestly, we need to be reminded of a lot of things. Because you have to be reminded of why you even pursued that person in the first place. Think of how in love you were. And how in the beginning they could do no wrong. Look, Jasmine and Jorge still newly married. They can't do no wrong right now. But we all went through those phases where they, I mean, they almost walked the water to us. And then a few years into marriage, they started sinking a little bit. <laughs> but God may have given you an imperfect person that will draw you closer to him. And that's what you got to see. God gave you the person you're married to so you can get to heaven. Why? Because that's the person for some reason you need. In order to make it to heaven. You don't know, I don't know. But God does know. That's true. The second thing we gotta understand is your spouse cannot meet all your needs. It's impossible for your spouse to meet all your needs. 
All this stuff got started with that dog on our movie, Jerry Maguire. You complete me. No person can complete another person. Only God can complete. Amen. Because no matter what, there's going to be a void unless God is the one that's filling that void for us. And I say this because it's so important that we allow people in our lives. There's times that my wife and I struggle because the needs that I have, she's not able to meet those needs. Because a lot of times she wants to talk about a lot of stuff. I don't want to talk about nothing. I just want to go deal with what I need to deal with. A lot of times I'm trying to deal with it and she needs to talk about it. We have to get on the same page. Y'all looking at me like I'm the only one ever acts like Oh, you're with me. Okay. I just, okay. 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 <laughs> but marriage is like a roller coaster ride. You're going to have the ups and the downs. But guys, the thing you got to realize is you're together. God puts you together. Amen. And there's times you may feel like, I just don't know if I'm going to live the rest of my life with this person. But God is saying that's the only way you're going to live eternal life is if you spend the rest of your life with that person. And it is so important for us to realize we've got to have other people in our lives. Because there are certain things I just don't want to talk to my wife about. Certain things that just in, in who I am, that's a very hard, challenging thing. And I need to talk to another guy about certain things. But there's things we've got to be real with. And this is one thing I want to say. I just, I want to encourage us as a group to be honest and real. When I talk to people, I talk to them about how's your, how's your God going, how's your financial situation, and how's your intimate life. Those are three things right there that are so important for anybody in their walk with God. Your times with God, your finances, your intimacy. Those cause most arguments and fights among marriages and anything. That's true. When I was in the fire department, the reason I retired because I got hit by that semi truck and it's, I don't know if I told you all that whole story, whatever, anyway. But it ejected me out the car. I flew on the other side of the highway. almost got hit by cars over there. It was a traumatic experience. It was chaos. And so, physically, I had some injuries, but then after about a month or so, you know, I was able to move on with those. But it did start affecting my intimate life with my wife. And it wasn't anything weird. I mean, I was freaking out, like, why is this happening? That ain't never happened before. I can relate. I know what I'm talking about. And it's like, you know what? I had to have a discussion with somebody about this. So I found an older guy in the church to talk to about it, and he sat down and talked to me about things, and he said, look, you just need to quit being prideful. You need to go on to the doctor, get that little blue pill, and make sure everything is okay in your life. I'm like, man, you saying that out loud. I mean, <laughs> I'm like, I thought that's supposed to be like down low, speaking bad cold or something like that. But you know what? If I didn't have that conversation, I would have been stuck still in that place in life. And then it's like, okay, I had to have this discussion. After having that discussion, things changed. I didn't have to do that a long time. Everything good. I didn't do that a long time. I can do some coffee now. But, uh, but now, but because of that, it has now allowed me to share that with other people who are stuck in those places. But until we realize, you know what, i got to have those conversations. There are certain things in our lives that we have to talk about, guys. You cannot allow yourself to be stuck at a certain place in your marriage. Amen. 
there's enough people in here that can relate to you in, in any area that you just got to get some help with whatever it is. This is important for us all, guys. This isn't, this isn't something to just, you know, dilly-dally around. That's how marriages get destroyed when you're not open with the real challenges that keep you stuck. It's important for us to remember that. So, bottom line, no person can complete you. We need God in our lives, and we need to embrace the relationships that are here. If you don't have somebody that close you can talk to, you need to make a change. That's not your spouse's fault. That's something you just need to absorb that blessing. Yes. And, I was, and I was thinking about it. I'm like, you know what? I used to talk like this when I was playing football in the locker room. And then I become a Christian and it kind of closed up. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. I should be more open, more honest, you know, about things now than ever before. But there's something that kind of clicks in our minds when we get out the water of the baptism that there's certain boundaries I can't talk about. It's kind of weird. You know what, guys? As a married couple, people need to see you happier being married than not happy. They need to see you holding hands. They need to see you give a little smooch or something. Give somebody something to look forward to. But if they're seeing people just angry and just kind of, come on, let's get out of here. Come on. <laughs> that doesn't promote marriage at all. And so if God has blessed you with somebody, I'm not saying flaunt it, but enjoy it. And make sure it's something that's clear. And then thirdly, sharing is caring. I know you've said it, you've probably heard it a lot, but listen, we have a lot of people that need to have a marriage kind of mentor for them. Since I've been here five months, almost six months, I've had three different brothers tell me they like a girl, but they don't know how to pursue her, and they don't have anybody they can go to. Now, now when I hear that, part of it is like, okay, that's your fault, because there's a whole lot of people here. So don't come blaming everybody else for your situation. But we also have to be receptive, and people need to look at us and feel like we are inviting enough that they can come talk to us. You know, I shared before, that was one of the things that I still have to work on. Sometimes I'm not angry, but I have a look on my face that makes people feel like I can't talk to him right now. I'm just thinking, but my thought process makes me look unapproachable. Because I just be sitting there thinking, hmm. Everybody want to come up and say hi and give me a hug and I'm looking like that. So I have to constantly think, let me smile a lot, right? <laughs> just smile, be happy. That makes somebody feel approachable. Question is, is your marriage approachable? Wow. Does your marriage have that smile approach? Or that kind of, hmm, we're kind of closed off. Hmm. I want to encourage you to realize we are what's going to help the future. This room right here, the marriages we have, it is so important for us to be honest, to be open, that we have a, another couple. It doesn't have to be seven or eight, ten people. You can just find one or two other couples, and you can talk to them about anything that's going on in your marriage. That's how you protect each other. Yes. And then lastly, the last thing you ever want to do is just have a, uh, a covenant in your marriage that whatever happens here stays here. Amen. We don't talk about nothing that happens outside of our house. That is not a godly covenant to have. But there are people that have, you know what, if this is what happens in my house, you are not allowed to share that with anybody. Yeah. That is not a godly spiritual marriage. Yes. Amen.
Now, I'm not saying you got to tell everything. No, 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 no. But see, my kids even know, if they hear me and my wife arguing, and it doesn't stop, they're already calling Uncle Sam and Cynthia. We already gave them permission to call if you see us arguing and stuff isn't resolved. Then that means when it's, we, we have our issues, but yet when we resolve it, we make sure they know it's resolved because they're going to be calling if it's not resolved. But guys, this is the kind of atmosphere we've got to have in our marriage. You know what? We can talk about whatever. Let's just be honest. Let's just be real. I wanted to kind of give you an intro to how our times are going to be. Uh, we're going to have, again, some evaluation times. Each time we look at it, it won't be five stages of a marriage from this certain book. Don't worry about it. That book was not written in the Bronx, so it's probably different issues. But it is. <laughs> But it's important, if nothing else, you walk away with understanding my marriage is sacred. It's, it is a trusting covenant, but I also got to protect my marriage. Yes. And one of the ways is making sure that I am open, that I'm having discussions about what's going on with my spouse, but then, if necessary, with other people as well. Yes. So, hopefully this intro night yes. will be good yes. for you. Uh, just going to be the beginning. We're going to have a lot more to do. We're going to have some things on parenting. And again, I'm going to start out teaching these things, but we're going to have guest speakers coming in from all over the church. I already talked to the Markowskis. We're going to have the Warrens. We're going to have different people coming and talking about not just marriage, but even about the parenting category, about different things. Because I want to make sure that we are using the best resources we have. And we have a lot in this church uh, to help enrich our marriages in a great way. So... Any questions or anything before we pray and go? I guess there ain't really much to ask on that situation, but okay, don't walk away feeling weird now. Some of y'all looking at some of y'all looking at me like, I don't know if I can have those kind of talks. I don't know. Try to man up in some of our cases and just get open about stuff. So let's have a word of prayer. I'll pray for us. Almighty God, thank you so much for this time. I do pray that you will help us to grow in our marriage. Yes. I pray that you'll help us to help other people grow in their marriage. Yes. And that truly, God, you can help us really make a difference in our areas, in our neighborhoods, in our communities by helping the marriages, Father. That is how we're going to change the next generation to come is when they yes. see a good, healthy marriage. Yes. What a marriage should look like. Not just trying to go find somebody to sleep with, but to have somebody that they're committed to and love with and ready to dedicate their lives to. Father, we love you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.